0: in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in
1: every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience. They're the very best in the business. Remember, when you want to see your loan options, adjust payments and closing costs in real time, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855 212 4CBS, 855 212 4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C A R M A N. And I know if you've been listening to this show for the last 20 minutes, you probably rolled your eyes when I gave my answer about Joe Burrow. You probably rolled your eyes. I know. And I would have, too, because if you listen to the show with any regularity, you know where I'm from, and you're going, here comes Ken making excuses. Here comes Ken making excuses for his guy. Stop making excuses for this guy. Hey, I'm willing to admit it. Joe Burrow was good on Thursday night. Joe Burrow got his ass handed to him physically Thursday night. It was open season. That's two games I've seen the Bengals play this year. And obviously they've only played two that's two games in the it's two games I've seen the Bengals play this year out of two where he he has taken shots the Chargers teed off on him the Browns teed off on him and I'm willing to bet that's probably going to be that same type of thing through the rest of the season that's why yeah they're they're a last place team in the AFC north I think they'll be better and they very well may have the second best quarterback in that division it's it's a good division of quarterbacks. And I don't want to say it just yet, because it. First off, yeah, hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. In my heart, it bothers me. I can't lie about my emotions. I'll tell you right now, it bothers me in my heart. Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer. There's three Heisman Trophy winners in that division. It's a tough division for quarterbacks, and Baker Mayfield might be number four in that division. Baker Mayfield played well on Thursday night. He did but the story was about Joe Burrow, and that's the way it should have been. That's the way it needs to be. Because I know you probably rolled your eyes at me and thought that I was going to make an excuse. I'm not here for excuses anymore. First things first, I think the 2018 draft class has proven to everybody just how important coaching is. Baker Mayfield's played with four different coaches. Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, Kevin Stefanski, year three. Sam Darnold, whose job may very well also be up for grabs after this year. Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, that's two. Josh Allen, who was taken number seven overall. He's got Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott surely knows exactly what he's doing. That's a good coach, and that guy has a six-year extension. Josh Rosen, we had Steve Wilkes then he got fired, and then Josh Rosen got traded, and then cut, and then picked up by another team. He's already been a journeyman. It's been three years. And Lamar Jackson, who's the class of the draft class, has John Harbaugh. And we have spoken for eons and eons and eons. I got one guy who they handed the keys to the franchise to when he'd be well before he was ready to take over with it. And he's played for four head coaches. Sam Darnold was taken by the Jets. The Jets are the Jets, and the Jets are going to do Jets things, and that's what they've done, and he's played for two, and it looks like Sam Darnold is going to have another meaningless season, and we're going to look at the Jets in a totally different light. No, we're going to keep talking about the Jets in a different light at just how bad they are, and we'll continue to do the same thing with Sam Darnold, and we'll move on from there. But trading away Jamal Adams, that makes all the sense in the world because you can use those picks to trade up to go after your next quarterback. The Bills are going back to the playoffs. Josh Rosen just needs a little bit of time to breathe and just give him a career of being a backup. Not about starting ever again. I, I, I don't know about that. Just give the guy some time to breathe. And Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league to do it right now. Elite, I'll say it when he wins a playoff game. That's tough to admit. And I got really angry with Baker Mayfield on Monday morning. And I got angry again on Tuesday. Because you lose one game and they got their asses handed to them against Baltimore last Sunday. Hickey was texting me. Boy, it was a bad weekend for me last last weekend. Gosh, right after the right after the show, I had Iowa State lose, and then this happened. Bad week for football for me. And I woke up on Monday morning, and and we had these conversations, and Odell's body language, and. Well, how he quit on that team on Sunday and everybody quit and they rolled over and died. And we started getting people saying, we got to trade Odell, get rid of Odell. And then on Tuesday, it happened again because Mike Francesa had said that he's hearing reports that they might trade away Odell. And Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer had written that, hey, if Odell wants out, maybe they should give him that opportunity to uh, see if he can find himself a trade. We were at DEFCON 1. It was a one-week season. And eventually we got people getting in. They go, Ken, why aren't we blaming Baker Mayfield for any of this? And there was enough of those people wondering why we weren't blaming Baker Mayfield for that where I had to go back and readjust and go, are we blaming Baker Mayfield enough for this? Or am I just making excuses for this guy? So let me put it out there again that I will not make excuses anymore for a third-year quarterback. And I'm not here to make excuses for a third-year quarterback because that franchise was handed over to him. And I had to say this earlier this week, and I'll say it again. The overarching theme of what Baker Mayfield has done in his career has been punching down. He goes after fans on Twitter. He goes after radio show hosts on Twitter. He likes people that say nasty things about him on Twitter, which means he's paying way too much to social media, paying way attention too much to that, and I'll tell you why coming up here in just a moment. He tweets at high school recruits that decide that they want to go to Texas over Oklahoma, which he has done. He shook his garbage at Kansas. But what happens when he is challenged by grown men in the NFL? When Calais Campbell's over there. Geno Atkins wasn't with the Cincinnati Bengals in yesterday or on Thursday's game, but when Geno Atkins is over there at the end of last season, when Cam Hayward is over there, You want to shake your garbage at them? They're grown men. They got families. They got jobs. They got bills they have to pay. They got houses. They got cars. They have things that they need to do. You ain't shaking your garbage at grown men. You can do all that all you want to Kansas. Kansas can't beat Texas high school football teams. They cling to whatever they can. Les Miles got bored and accepted a job. You can go ahead and shake anything you want at Kansas. That doesn't matter. When it comes to big boy stuff, all he's done is rolled over and died. Year one, teams couldn't get him figured out. You know teams were going to catch up to him. He had some leadership with Greg Williams because as much of a boorish personality that, that Greg Williams can be, he's still a fine professional football coach. And I know what he's been accused of and has been found to do before. He's still a fine NFL professional football coach. They were able to finish the season on a high note. And then what ensued was a guy who couldn't handle that success. A guy who already thought he could make it. And for myself, as a person who does this and tries to call it down the line the best I can, on this show but a person who is based in Cleveland and probably will be for the rest of my life and very happy to do so, I want that football team to do well. And I want their quarterback to do well, no matter who it is. And when I hear the callers getting in and they're angry and they don't want him to be the quarterback anymore, and it feels, again, like those same old conversations that we have in the past, I feel like Browns fans were invited to a dinner by a guy who got up and left us with the bill. Because it's one thing, and Aditi Kinkawala was with us earlier, and she said, well, maybe Cleveland needed somebody to speak for them. Yeah, you could speak all you want, but if you can't back it up on the field, you are just as ineffectual and even more embarrassing than any one of the other no-namers that came before you that are on that Browns jersey that isn't even around anymore of all the different quarterbacks that were there. You're just as ineffectual as they are, and the worst thing is is that you're more embarrassing because you made people believe. And they stuck up for you because you know that Cleveland, Ohio is not that type of city. It's in the Midwest, where people in Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Detroit and and Chicago and then those places aren't really big on talking garbage first. Doesn't happen that way. You got to back it up. But because you were the best thing that they'd seen in a long time, they decided to go with you. No, it's swagger. It's moxie. You'll see. It's all that way. Then you went out and you embarrassed yourself. You looked old and slow. You You were supposed to be young. You put on weight. You could barely move outside of the pocket. You got happy feet. You were nervous. You didn't trust your offensive line. You didn't trust yourself. And again, part of that, and I told you I was going to bring up that social media stuff, is because he's paying too close of attention to everything that everybody's saying on social media because if you're watching him against Baltimore, he didn't want to go deep because he was afraid he was going to get picked off and then he didn't want to go short because he doesn't want to be called Captain Checkdown by guys like me. I got plenty of negative things to say about Baker Mayfield, but it can be salvaged. It can be turned around. He's proven he is not or has not been able to accept the torch he has not been able to accept that greatness that is supposed to be bestowed upon him he can't handle the 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 accolades that were thrown towards him he's shown already he couldn't do it that doesn't mean he can't it means he needs to do what a lot of quarterbacks have done it means he needs to do what Joe Burrow was doing Bengals are 0-2 Joe Burrow was German suplexed many times on on Thursday night. And I woke up yesterday morning and and on NFL Network and, and on all the major national publications. How great is Joe Burrow? Wow, this is amazing. This is great for Joe Burrow. There was nothing about the winning quarterback. There was nothing about Baker Mayfield. And that's the way it should be. You should be under the radar. This is where you're supposed to be. This is the natural order of things. Baker Mayfield had a good game on Thursday night. I saw for the first time in over a year, Baker Mayfield trusted his offensive line, really trusted his offensive line. He trusted the weapons he had around him. And for the first time in over a year, and I mean this, because they went out and they got their asses handed to him in week one last year. For the first time in over a year, it seemed like he trusted the coach. I look at Baker's stat line, two touchdowns, a pick, 219, 229 yards, somewhere in there. It's a fine stat line. They ran the ball like crazy. They got themselves a win. Cincinnati didn't go away. They, they got themselves a win. It's the NFL. They're all gonna, they're, a lot of them are they're designed to be tight games. That's fine. And it should be fine that Joe Burrow is the storyline and no longer Baker Mayfield. The first two seasons of Baker Mayfield's career should serve as a cautionary tale to a guy like Joe Burrow. Because we were starting to line up our ducks in a row to talk about Joe Burrow the same way people have been talking about Baker Mayfield over the last couple of years. Smoking a cigar after a national championship. How much of this is just talk? How much of this is just playing with a bunch of first-round picks with LSU? How much of this is real? It's a great story. Is it a great career? Will it be a great career? Will he be figured out? Because the same thing, I could say the same thing for Joe Burrow back then that I could say for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's it's easy to be the big swinging hammer when your team is better than 99% of the teams you'll line up against anyway. And I was wondering about that even a little bit myself, and I like Joe Burrow. I was wondering that even a little bit myself getting ready for the college football playoffs last year, just like I did with Baker Mayfield when, hey, it's easy to sit there and Shake your garbage over at Kansas, but when Georgia came out and punched you in the mouth in the second half, away you went and on to the NFL. That should be a cautionary tale for Joe Burrow's early part of his career. Yet, it's not over for Baker Mayfield. This is the place you need to be. Hubris could run your career right off the rails, and it nearly did to a lot of people humility is what's going to save it. Not being the storyline, workmanlike efforts, getting your team on the right side of the ledger, being just above five hundred with the talent that you have. And I know it might be damn near impossible to do that with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. Odell's a big star. He's an NBA player in an NFL in the NFL. He tends to suck the life out of the room. He really does. There's a lot of things about Odell that we just gravitate towards. He's a major star. That's tough. It's tough to do. But if you continue to stack that up, there should be a day where you are the quarterback that's talked about again. There should be a day where you're mentioned back where you're supposed to be with one of the young guns in the AFC. And because you went through this, you should be better off. Because now you'll know what it's like to earn it, to earn the respect of grown-ups in the league, to not have to apologize to teammates for what you say about another teammate demanding a trade and then you going out there and going after that teammate. And when you talk about another guy's money, which is one of the biggest no-nos in an NFL locker room, and something that I fanboyed over and and, and wanted to accept, and I was dead-ass wrong about that, you won't have to apologize for that because you'll know your place. And they will put you in your place. They will put you in there as the captain of that football team. And you won't have to worry about that anymore. And you'll be better on for it. Lay low. Don't puff your chest out too early. Don't start talking and taking shots at guys like us. I mean, you can all you want. It doesn't matter. You're the athlete. Athletes always win in media versus athlete wars. They always win. Take shots. Go ahead. You don't have to answer to me on Sunday. You're not playing me. You're not playing Colin Coward. You're not playing any one of those guys. You're playing the the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Bengals and the Ravens. You'll play the Cowboys in a couple weeks. Just learn a valuable lesson. There's talent in there. There's limitations, but there's talent in there. And it doesn't take Patrick Mahomes to win every single Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo was 10 minutes away. Jimmy Garoppolo has limitations. Jimmy Garoppolo was 10 minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. Got passed up by Patrick Mahomes. May happen again, may not happen again. There will be other quarterbacks who do not have the physical gifts of Patrick Mahomes. Not all is lost. It's up to him to do what people don't understand because we all think this is magic tricks. Everybody who's good gets figured out. Lamar Jackson's been figured out. Lamar's just better. Joe Burrow will get figured out. Joe Burrow has to be better. Baker was figured out. He has to be better. But the the puffing out of the chest, the hubris, all that needs to go. It's time to grow up or you will be added to that number and Browns fans will just move on to the next one. 855 855-212-4, CBS 855-2124-227. Overreactions, underreactions coming up here in about five minutes and I think Belichick. Might have his own new Tom Brady plan. I'll explain. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in a bit, I think I think Bill Belichick might already have his Tom Brady scenario playing out. And I had a Facebook friend bitching about uh, delivery charges. I can't wait to read this on the air. I kind of got. I'm like, man, it's really the important stuff in life, huh? This is really important stuff got a great meme from Facebook today, it giveth and it taketh away, 855 212 cbs Hickey, I it's week one, I wanted to do this, I'm not going to do it every week obviously because eventually I think some of these storylines are just going to end up being the truth, but I like to do this at the beginning of the season and see if we're right, overreactions and underreactions to what went on in week one of the NFL. Hickey, you ready? Let's go. Be the proctor.
2: All right, Kenny, so it's no secret that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers struggled in their first game together as the Buccaneers lost to the Saints 34-23. Brady and Bruce Arians' relationship has now been in the spotlight because the Buccaneers' head coach has been openly critical of his quarterback's first game with his new team. So are we overreacting or underreacting to Brady's opening game struggles against the Saints?
1: Even though I led the show with it, I still think it's overreaction. And, and And I say this because... Bruce Arians is a fine coach, and he's been in the league for a very long time, and Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever do, it, and he's been in the league for a very long time. I can't see them struggling for this long. But when I watched that game on Sunday, and I think a lot of people agreed with me on this, you guys notice that when you watch Sean Payton and Drew Brees, that's a great NFL coach, that's a great Hall of Fame quarterback, and that quarterback is limited. That quarterback's over 40 years old. He's got limitations and Sean Payton works with him on that. There was a lot of screens, a lot of misdirection, things that 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 Drew Brees can do and that an offense in a in an organization like like New Orleans can do because they they're used to that type of thing. That offense has changed incrementally over time. Now they didn't have Michael Thomas for a lot of it cuz he was hampered, we we found out, but uh that changed the offense a little bit, but they did those things and I think they did those things to really take care of Drew Brees. Not that Drew Brees can't load up and throw it 40 yards every now and then, but he can't do it like he used to because he's over 40 years old. And on the other sideline, when I'm hearing Bruce Arians after the game saying, well, we saw Tom Brady in the practice, and that wasn't Tom Brady during the game, well, no kidding. You didn't have anybody hitting Tom Brady. You didn't have live bullets coming really after Tom Brady. There's no refs on the field during during that short training camp that we had. And if you wanted a guy that runs your offense, then you better figure out a way to get one of these teams that have given long-term franchise money to franchise quarterbacks, you better find a way for them to trade that guy to you because there's nobody available like that. I hope that Bruce Arians didn't just think he needed somebody to, to get so he can run his offense and not beat Jameis Winston because it's going to magically cut, gonna cut down on the interceptions. No, 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 no. You have Tom Brady. Tom's one of the best to ever do it. He's got six championships and nine appearances in his own right. You probably need to acquiesce to him. He's the 43-year-old at the controls. So you better figure out an offense that's going to work. I think it is a bit of an overreaction. I don't think that Tom Brady is destined for the old folks home just yet. I don't think that Bruce Arians is an old coot who can't figure out what he needs to do with his offense just yet. No, 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 no. It is an overreaction. But you guys better figure out your egos pretty quickly because you don't want to fall into a hole there. Because because it's Tom Brady and it's Bruce Arians and it's Godwin and, 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 and Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans and those guys, yeah, you will become a big storyline at some point. So get it back together and take care of Tom Brady. He, he can't – I know the guy thinks he can stretch his bones out. He can't do what he did previously in his career. Josh McDaniel showed that to you last year. Next.
2: It was another great quote-unquote debut for this uh, new quarterback with a new team, and that's Philip Rivers in a Colts uniform. Mm. As a 17-year veteran, threw for 363 yards against the the Jaguars, but also had two costly interceptions to help the Colts lose to Jacksonville. Lots of criticism was placed on Rivers for for being unable to lift the team past the tanking Jaguars, so overreaction or underreaction to Philip Rivers' first game as a Colts in a losing
1: effort? That's an overreaction. Somebody called in, it wasn't, oh, I forget, I, know, I mean no disrespect, I forgot who was filling in for Robin Lundberg. <sighs> I wish I could remember the person. Alex I, Reamer. Alex, thank you, Alex Reamer, no disrespect to that guy, I, I no, I'm, I, I've only heard him like once before, I actually agreed with him, but I couldn't believe that he was getting calls about replacing Phillip Rivers a game into the season. I mean, they won games with Jacoby Brissett last year, but you brought in Philip Rivers because you do think that Phillip Rivers and Frank Wright could work out well. You could have just kept Jacoby Brissett if you wanted to do that. Give it more than one game. I, I do think that that is an overreaction. Yes, definitely. I, but I am a uh, noted Phillip Rivers supporter. There's times where I have denied myself the truth of Philip Rivers. Next.
2: So go all the way back to Thursday. Ken, as the NFL season kicked off with the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans. The Chiefs breezed through the game, winning 34-20, and the game that was honestly very concerning for Houston. The Texans obviously are without DeAndre Hopkins after he was traded. Well, the offensive line and defense are both areas that need severe help. So are we overreacting or underreacting to how bad the Texans looked in Week 1?
1: Boy, I kind of want to do a Goldilocks and say it's just right. I don't think it's an underreaction at all. And, Hickey, you and I have spent time on the phone. I'm flip-flopping on this from before the season because I did not know the the Houston Texans' schedule to start out the year, man. You got Kansas City, you're home against the Ravens, then you're at Pittsburgh. You're looking 0-3, dead ass in the face. That that Pittsburgh defense, hey, I'm not trying to give away what you can sell later on in this segment here, but the Pittsburgh defense is real. And it looked – There were times it looked like Cam Hayward was going to unhinge his jaw and actually swallow Daniel Jones and actually swallow Saquon Barkley. That's a real deal defense, man. And the Ravens are no slouch when it comes to defense, and Lamar's no slouch, and that offense isn't either. You are looking dead red at 0-3 to start that season. And honestly, the Vikings are no pushover. Like you got to win one of them, I'm sure. But this is how... And they've, they've started off seasons poorly before with the Texans. And I'm sure a Texans fan like Landry Locker will tell me this. But if, if you go after that trade, because remember last year you made a trade and then you brought in Laramie Tunson and we all went, oh, that's what Bill O'Brien's doing. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, overreaction. Sorry, Bill. And they went to the playoffs. This year you trade away DeAndre Hopkins and you were bound and determined to get David Johnson involved in that offense. And they did, and they still got their brakes beat off of them. Now you have Baltimore, which I just talked about, and Pittsburgh, which I just talked about. Because you've made that type of a trade that caused that type of attention to your team, Deshaun Watson's expectations have changed after he signed the extension. You are looking at a situation that if you don't find a win in the first four games of the season, and even if you end up at 1-4, you're looking at a situation you might not be able to get out of because the media, the questions, the fans, the family, those questions being asked over and over and over again. Your offensive line, you traded for Laramie Tunsil, but your offensive line still isn't good. He's getting hammered back there. He doesn't have anybody to throw to. That's going to permeate. This is the type of thing, this type of start, you have a rough start, this is the type of thing that can make a season unravel. Not that Bill O'Brien's in any danger at all. He seems to grow more powerful year after year after year. I think he'll probably own the Texans by the time 2023 comes around. You're going to need Deshaun Watson. You're paying him all this money. You're going to need him to bail you out. This is a bailout now. I think this is almost reckless by what Bill O'Brien did because you want to protect your quarterback. You want to accentuate his positives, not just rip it all off. I didn't think he had to do this type of thing, and he did it. And it, So far, it doesn't look very good. This is... This is an underreaction. This team has a very tough schedule. I mean, you look at the first six games, first seven games. Already played Kansas City, got boat raced. Ravens, Steelers, Vikings, Jags, okay. Titans, Mike Vrabel will grind your ass to dust in every game. And then the Packers in Houston. You're looking at a hellish first half of the season if you're the Texans. Oh, boy. Next.
2: We'll go to the Eagles, Ken. is had a surprising week one loss as they blew a 17 nothing lead to the Washington football team and ended up losing 27-17. to Now, despite a depleted offensive line and no Miles Sanders, there's some serious concern about not only the Eagles' offense, but specifically Carson Wentz. So are we overreacting or underreacting to Wentz's struggles week one against Washington?
1: I think we're underreacting. I think the Eagles would like to reach back out to Brian Boldinger and see if he can play for him. I think that the Eagles are looking to reach out to Jumbo Elliott and see if he can play for him. That offensive line is in rough shape, and I have to worry about Carson Wentz's health. To have that game snatched from you like that, starting it out that that that's obviously has a psyche, but it's week one. They're a—they're a veteran team and former Super Bowl champions, and Doug Peterson is—is is a good coach. But man, I'm really concerned about that offensive line, and that's basically what you asked about. I—I I worry about Carson Wentz's health throughout an entire year because of that, and then you're going to end up playing Jalen Hurts, and I—and I—I still wonder if it would be too soon for Jalen Hurts. So I think that's an underreaction there. Next!
2: So despite a head coaching change and the addition of first-round draft pick CeeDee Lamb, the Dallas Cowboys offense struggled to score points in their opening night loss to the Rams. The offense mirrored a lot of what Jason Garrett had in Dallas, and despite Mike McCarthy bypassing the option to kick the game-time field goal and then instead opting to go for it on fourth down deep in the Rams' territory in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys offense was labeled as the same it was back in 2019. So are we overreacting or underreacting to the Cowboys being the same offense and the same team they were in 2019 as they are right now?
1: That's a great point by the people wondering it, and I wondered it myself. You don't have any practice time. You kind of go back to what you were used to before, and maybe Mike McCarthy's doing that, but I think he'll put in his own mix. I think it's an overreaction. They were an 8-8, 500 football team. They need to play better total football. And so I think that it's going to be a lot of what Dak Prescott has done because Dak Prescott was good. He was good. He's been good. He is not a bad quarterback. I know because he hasn't signed a contract and people get mad because, I, I don't know, I don't think Dak Prescott, I don't think Dak Prescott's agent thinks he's better than Patrick Mahomes. This is the game. But people get mad. He thinks he's better than Patrick Holmes. Well, he is a professional quarterback. He should think he's the best in the world. I don't fault him for that. I don't think there should be hubris that kills you or, or your ego should be killing you, but you should think you're a really, really good quarterback. I don't blame him for that, but the, as that offense starts to unclick and starts to unwind, you'll see a little bit more. I, I have faith that Dak is a really good franchise quarterback. I have faith that Mike McCarthy can get that thing in the right direction. I think it's a week one overreaction. Is that it?
2: We have one more if you want, Kenny.
1: Go ahead. Why not?
2: All right. So obviously this offseason trying the Green Bay Packers was a questionable one. They needed a receiver, didn't draft one. You could have used some help for Aaron Rodgers. They didn't really do much to give him, uh, give him any help, and they thought they're going to be more run-based, run-heavy this year. Well, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers throws 44 times, throws for 364 yards and four touchdowns, and their opening win over the Vikings. Are we overreacting or underreacting to just this uh, incredible performance from Aaron Rodgers?
1: Oh, I think we're underreacting. I think that that was a bold statement, and I think that he actually paid off with the general man, what Brian Guns, the Brian guys did, decided to do in bringing in Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers can still hack it. I, I don't know why people uh, – yes, you always want help, but Jordan Love, that's a move for the future. You know how old Aaron Rodgers is. If this thing works out, you guys are going to – you Packers fans are going to have 30 years of franchise quarterbacks. <laughs> what what franchise can say that? Unless you have a guy like Tom Brady who's basically immortal. You, you can't say that. You're going to have 30-plus years of franchise quarterbacking if Jordan Love, Love works out and you see from Aaron Rodgers. He can handle it. He's a franchise QB. He's a Hall of Famer. That's it. For overreactions and underreactions Only time we'll do it this year. Fantastic as always, Hickey. 855-2124 CBS. I actually got mad at a friend of mine over delivery charges, and I will bring this up when we come back. And I think maybe Belichick does have another Tom Brady playing. It's Ken Carmen live on CBS Sports Radio This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and it's brought to you by Geico. Friends, I got great news for you. You like Geico? Of course you do. Bet you like Geico more when they can save you a ton of money. That's right, an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. I was going to bring up something when Marco... Uh, was Because do- I, I, I'm going to have to do it next week. Is Marco in for the whole three hours next week? The first three hours?
2: I got to double check. I believe so.
1: Because I got totally sidetracked, and he just had a kid, and I have a very – I have a boiling cauldron hot take that you are not – there's going to be some people who I don't think they're going to get it, and they're going to be very angry with me. And it has to do with his kid being born you going to be ready for that next week, Hick. Wow, I can't wait. This is a appointment listening. Yeah, I mean, it, he. Does, I know he's busy and he does, but he just, man, he made me think, and then it got sidetracked because I don't want to do that to end the show because I, I, still want people to be able to get in. If I do that to end the show, then I feel like I'm, I'm leaving a bad thing for, for Pony that he has to do, which I, he's having a kid, and I, I think I'm going to bring this up with Pony, and I bet Pony will agree with me. Pony's from two to six, right, Eastern. Coming up next? Yes, he is. Good. Well, let's stop talking about other shows and talk about this one. I did get a – the reason I got sidetracked is I I was looking on Facebook during one of the breaks last hour. And a Facebook friend of mine wrote that – I should leave names out of this. I decided to order a three-topping pizza, a blank-style pizza, three-topping, from – and I'm going to leave the pizza shop out of it. It's a national chain right near my apartment. Decided to order a blank three-topping pizza from a blank right near my apartment. I probably could have gone and picked it up from here myself, but having it delivered. $3.69 delivery fee. I would never want to pay more than $2.99, dot, dot, dot. And even that is on the high side. What is a normal delivery fee? Now, I, let me admit something to you, Hickey. I have not looked, and this, this makes life easier for me, Liz is in charge of the homestead. Liz is in charge of the, the entire household, the whole thing. So I do not know and care to know about what's in the bank. The only thing I pay very close attention to, actually, is the investments. Okay, But even that is on, this is what's for the investments, this is for this, and da-da-da-da-da. I do not know anything. When it comes to what's in the... So I don't know. I don't know. When I order, I just write things down, and that's it, and Liz takes care of the rest. That's how the household works, and that's how it's been a very successful home, if I can't say so myself, for the last nine years and counting. doesn't work for everybody, but that's the way it works with us. What is a standard delivery fee? Well, you live in New York, so I don't know if that's even the case. What is a standard delivery fee? Do we know? Because $3.69 doesn't seem to be that much, and if you say originally in the post... That you could go and pick it up yourself. You can't turn around and bitch about the delivery fee if you said just said in the post that you can go pick it up yourself. Is that not right?
2: Hundred percent. Like when you're, or, that's the thing. The delivery fee is part of the charge. So when you're checking out, it will it'll ring up. Okay, this is how much the food is. Here's like you know some taxes, delivery fee. So before yeah. you press OK, before you hit order, you see how much you're paying to deliver the food. Probably what th- three blocks? Not even.
1: Well, I'd imagine this person, this person is a little older, I'd imagine they called. Because I know you are. everybody orders everything online anymore. I imagine this person called. And if they know what the delivery fee was, they either did the math and then later found out, or they just were told what the delivery fee is. Now, when I delivered pizza, it was a dollar. It was a dollar delivery charge. It's been a long time since I delivered pizza. So at 3.69 and he lives in the area that I used to live in which is the Stark County Ohio area. 3.69, okay, that's up from that's up $2.69 from where it was when I was banging. But man, I, I just don't understand. it Are we at the point now what I what I guess I need to ask is you can't argue about the delivery charge. You know what you're getting into anymore, right? Totally. Like I know that there's shouldn't like be Uber. caught by surprise. Yeah, there's Uber Eats and the other ones, and I know that those those fees are astronomical. And I still say, okay, there are situations. I know that certain people can't get out, and I I feel bad for those people. But most people that I'm talking to, most could do it themselves. Are you or are you not paying for the convenience? That's what you pay for. And if you really if if you're putting it in your post 4 cbs 8552124227. If you're putting it in your post that you could have went and picked up the pizza yourself. Why are you complaining about the delivery charge? And if and if you're saying that you really wouldn't pay over $2.69 $2.99 Are we really talking, are we really bitching about 70 cents? If we're complaining about 70 cents, America may be, and maybe I need to actually say this to this person, if you're that hard up for the 70 cents, maybe you shouldn't be ordering the pizza in the first place. You could run up to the grocery store with whatever you spent on this pizza and probably go get a bunch of frozen pizzas and live off the frozen pizzas for a while arguing over 70 cents and now I feel bad for the delivery person that has already made this delivery this was over an hour ago because you know that person is not getting a tip right that's in there if you're complaining over 70 cents you're not getting it that delivery person is not getting a tip tip now I don't know what Liz tips Liz is known as a quite generous tipper I don't know what she tips on pizza Hickey have you ever delivered pizza
2: No, I have not.
1: Um, When I delivered pizza, we already got people coming in. This is great. Um, When I delivered pizza, and then when I later bought pizza, I always thought at least a gallon of gas is what you tip the person. Is that not true? So, like, if, if if we're in a gas crisis and it's four bucks a gallon, depending on where you're at, then I guess I'm tipping them four bucks or her four bucks. At least, if it's a dollar sixty nine, well then then I can do a dollar more than a dollar sixty nine in a tip. Let's let's make it at least an even two if we're going to do that. But I've always thought honestly that at the very least three sixty nine or the, whatever the, the the gallon of gas was, I just always felt it in in a fiver. Isn't that at least okay? Eight five five two one two four CBS Mickey in Cleveland. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Mickey. <laughs>
2: Ken, what's going on?
1: Well, no, nothing much, just hosting the show, brother.
2: I I heard your conversation about pizza and uh delivery charges. I had to chime in. I believe okay. I must have ordered the same uh type of pizza your buddy did last night cuz I was also charged 369 for delivery fee. But when you put it into perspective, when I'm getting food delivered, I won't go I don't get it delivered unless I'm uh, incapable of driving to go pick it up. And I'm more than willing to pay a happy 369 for a delivery charge instead of going out there and getting a DUI on the streets. And well, I was also th- Well a this person
1: driver. I don't the, the person I'm talking about definitely doesn't drive or definitely doesn't drink, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Of course, that's what you're paying for. Right. You're paying for the convenience. Exactly. That's what the it
2: convenience is. fee and and if you go on any of these apps nowadays, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all those good things, you're paying five bucks for delivery at the end of the day, so honestly, it's a bargain compared to a lot of other delivery services. Yeah,
1: I, that's why I'm like, man, when you go and you get rest, you get stuff from restaurants, and thank you, see, thank you very much for the call, Mickey. You're making sense mm-hmm. here. When you go to the other restaurants out there and you get one of the the big time deliverers of food, they're gonna get you, man. They are gonna they're gonna. I almost said something you had to dump. They are gonna really make you pay it. Pizza, pizza's pizza. You spend thirty bucks on the pizza, yeah, you're gonna have a delivery fee. If you're spending thirty bucks on pizza, what's an extra five? I that's I that's something I don't get. I mean, we're in a pandemic here. Is that what we say all the time now, Hickey? We're in a pandemic here. This is what we do. I just don't understand the complaint over it. 855 2124 CBS. I'm sure that I'm sure that Pony is gonna have some words for me coming up. I think Belichick might have his Tom Brady plan already certain out. If I'm Bill Belichick, and I want you guys to watch this this weekend, if I think I know Bill Belichick, I should say, I think he's running Cam Newton. He was criticized for it. I think he'll keep running. I think it obviously helps the Patriots win. McDaniels is going to do what he has to do to win. You don't have to protect him. It's not Carolina. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And the big question is, what if Cam gets hurt? What if Cam gets hurt? Well, then guess what I'm doing? With no season, with no preseason, no OTAs, no mini camp. is this Jarrett Stidham's preseason? Is this the same ramp-up to what we saw before? As long as he's healthy, I want to leave you with this today. As long as Cam's healthy, he's a beast. Go ahead and run him. He's an athletic freak. He'll be able to throw two. Go ahead and let him throw two. But he's still, in my estimation, a top-half quarterback. I don't know if it's top-end. I don't know if it's top five, certainly not top ten, even top third. He's still a top half quarterback. And because it's Belichick, he's at least good for four wins. You'll be able to grind out four extra wins with Cam Newton because he's better than already a couple of quarterbacks in your own division. So if you have Cam Newton, and if Cam Newton stays healthy, continue to let it ride. I don't buy in or subscribe to any of the thoughts that one day Cam Newton is just going to be benched and it's going to be Jarrett Stidham. But I think this is house money for the New England Patriots. You have a veteran that they tried tooth and nail to get to be a classic drop back passer in Carolina. It never worked. You don't have to worry about that. All you have to worry about is winning games. And if you have to go to Stidham, maybe this is his preseason. Just something to watch as you get ready for New England later on this weekend. Big thanks to Hickey. Big thanks to Pierno. Big thanks to Belletti for the great Chris LaPresti. I'm Ken Carmen. Ponies next. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends.